This is Learning Innovation, the teaching and learning podcast, also known as LittlePod. We are created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation, located in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. In the spirit of equity, diversity and inclusion, and Nitsitapi Simstan, or real thinking, we play host to a spectrum of guests from the teaching and learning community. As we highlight and explore innovation in education, we hope to kindle warm conversations, expand perspectives, and foster lasting partnerships today, tomorrow, and beyond. The future of learning starts now. Okay, and welcome to episode number 48 of The Little Pod. Today we're talking about the creation of the Indigenous Policing Micro-Credentials at Lethbridge College. Our guests today all work at the college and were part of the amazing team behind this micro-credentials project. We have Trudy Mason, Dean of Justice and Human Services, Lowell Yellowhorn, Manager of Indigenous Services, and Mark Smallbones, Instructor and Placement Advisor with the School of Justice Studies. Welcome, everyone. Thanks, Donna. Okay, and good morning. Thanks, Donna. Hello again. Thank you all for being here. I'm excited to hear about these micro-credentials because I know a ton of work went into them. For listeners who are unfamiliar with micro-credentials, they are a series of small, connected courses or chapters that culminate in a learner earning a digital badge. Micro-credentials offer proof of understanding and proficiency in a subject area. So my first big question for the group is, what are the Indigenous Policing Micro-Credentials? So the Indigenous Policing Micro-Credentials are a suite of micro-credentials, and they have the following individual courses in them. The first is History, Culture, and Reconciliation. The second, Trust, Respect, and Communication. Third is Human Trafficking. Fourth is Intimate Partner Violence and the Abuse of Elderly Persons. The fifth is Sexual Abuse and Missing Persons. And finally, we have Drugs and Addictions in Indigenous Communities. Now, these micro-credentials were originally developed for serving members in a police service. But through the development, we did recognize that there were many other types of agencies in our communities and the public safety sector that would benefit from this learning. So it's open to quite a wide variety of people. And why are they so important for the college and the Indigenous community and even for the city of Lethbridge? Um, I think for the uh, Indigenous community, the uh, big thing with the development of this was the involvement of the community. This was a community kind of driven with the Blood Tribe Police. Um, So our focus in developing was meeting their needs. And uh, so that's really where the courses kind of took hold. And that's why they kind of developed into um, more so that they can not only can help benefit policing, but other people working in the justice field with the Indigenous communities around here. I like the avenue of um, it creates accountability to the policing sector and Southern Alberta, you know, when you look at the Blood Tribe, it's the largest First Nation in Alberta and one of the largest First Nations in Canada. And so, you know, the city of Lethbridge and the surrounding communities have to be accountable to that community because they serve and protect that community. Yeah, and as you mentioned, that's quite a large area and a very large population. I'd love to hear how each of you was involved in this project. So, Trudy, can we start with you? Yeah, for sure. So, and this is a story that I really love. Um, we, it's this. It speaks to our commitment to our community, and particularly our Indigenous community. So, a couple years ago, 2021, the Blood Tribe Police Chief at that time came to me, and he asked if I was familiar with the Rolf Inquiry, <clears throat> and I wasn't. And I learned a great deal from him that day. Uh, including that one of the recommendations of the 1991 report was that Lethbridge College should devise programs to educate police members who are policing on the nation to help them understand the Blackfoot culture and the uniqueness of policing on a Blackfoot nation. 
the report, so in the report, it specifies that the college should take a leading role in working towards bridging cultural differences and opening lines of communication. It also specifies that while doing this, we were to work closely in collaboration and consultation with the blood tribe leaders and respected elders. So this was inspired by the passion and dedication of Blood Tribe Police Service, and we quickly looked for ways to move forward with this project. But I think the big piece here was that Blood Tribe came to us and said, look, in 1991, these were the recommendations set forward from the Rolf Inquiry, and nothing has happened around this, and we need to make something happen. And we were just, we were committed from moment one. That's quite amazing, you know, that that was that long ago, mm-hmm. and Yeah completely blows my mind that it was that long ago. All right, Mark? If it makes him feel better, I was in high school for that incident (laughs) that started the uh, the Ralph Inquiry, and I was actually in Fort McLeod that kind of spearheaded that whole Ralph Inquiry. So it's kind of funny how it comes full circle um, to be involved in this. Um, So, yeah, it was interesting for myself, again, being in high school at the time, but uh, ultimately I kind of had a bit of a career retiring from policing last year. And in retiring from policing last year, I was lucky enough to get hired on here at the college. And uh, my wife, uh, Roberta Smallbones, who was also involved in developing this, was already a part of this uh, in the initial startup of the project. So I got asked uh, by Trudy if I wanted to be a part of a micro-credential. And I, at that time, I didn't even know what a micro-credential was. So that's kind of where I started. Um, so it's really good in the essence of, uh, um, we sat together and before we met with the community community and, um, there was myself and Cole as an instructor and my wife, um, and Kate, all former police officers. We thought what we, we thought kind of the ideas were these courses and Noel was involved in that too, where we thought the courses would go. Um, but then we also recognize the importance of the community involvement. So we had the community meetings, and it was interesting because at the community meetings, um, we got to really find that they, where we thought to go with our policing lens um, changed in the essence of really looking at the community and what their needs were, what they wanted the police to know, um, which didn't really necessarily revolve around the law revolve more around interactions, understanding the deep issues within some of the community and why um, why some of the problems are there and um, really helping to really build that empathy and compassion um, that sometimes they see lacking because if you don't understand, we could jump to conclusions. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the way I got involved in it. Um and uh, we just kind of grew from there. Thanks, Mark. That was I. I, I really have a um, great respect for our, our criminal justice instructors. You know, they bring a real sound, experiential lens to to the work that they do. Because you know, a lot of them are former public um, safety. I guess retirees. They've they've served. In, in the capacities of policing. And so I think our students are very lucky and fortunate to have that understanding, but that empathy too, that, that's the important part. And, you know, I, I really see that in, in, in our instructors like Mark and Roberta. You know, they're, they're very connected to the compu- community. And, you know, just for people know, you know, me and Roberta are, are related. You know, she's a... She's a yellowhorn too, but, <laughs> but she goes by her other last name, Gallant, <laughs> in the community. You know, I brought a, a cultural lens and, and, you know, for me, you know, I, I kind of understand the community's dynamic when it comes to policing First Nations communities in Southern Alberta. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I, I was raised in this environment where, you know, you know, when, 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 what we refer to as, as, as police in, in the Blackfoot cultures, you know, in the Kikawaks, and, and it just translates into catching people, the, mm-hmm. the, the people that go and catch, catch people. And, and so we, we would call them the, the Inikikawaks in our community. And so, 
you know, I had the opportunity to be exposed to um, different elements of, of policing in, in, in the Blackfoot community through the tribal policing sector, as well as the um, jurisdiction of, of uh, the RCMP as well. And, and so, you know, I had working knowledge of, of you know, the different agreements for, for having a tribal police system as well as having a, a federal police system in place. Um, had the opportunity to negotiate agreements between an Indigenous community and, and the RCMP to come in and police in a, in a community. And been involved in preliminary discussions for tribal police services and the development of those services in community. And so, but going back, you know, like I had a, had a real sound understanding of the tribal relationship with police services in southern Alberta. You know, for myself, I'm from the Pikani Nation, so I was exposed to those lone fighter um, challenges that the RCMP faced in southern Alberta in the late 80s and early 90s, you know, when, when um, you know, um, community members from Pikani were um, demonstrating against long-standing land issues with, with the federal government and the province when it came to the LNID. And so, you know, I had the understanding of the tribal issues, but then I also saw, you know, the, the, the federal reaction to those issues, you know, like seeing, you know, like, I mean, the, the riot squads and the preparation of, of, of police services to go in and, and, and counteract the challenges that, that they that the Pikani community were, were faced with. But then the other thing too is moving over to the blood tribe, you know, I ha- had exposure and met with people who were involved with the, the Cardston blockade. Mm. And so that was another challenge for, you know, the blood tribe community when it came came to policing and then all, all the other issues when it comes to, you know, the city of Lethbridge and, and policing Indigenous um, community members here in Lethbridge, you know, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's challenges and, and being able to help our, our team here understand and put those perspectives into play when it comes to public safety for, for, for our, the greater community of Lethbridge and, and just help to build that understanding for those pieces. Thank you, Lowell and Trudy and, and Mark, that, you all have such unique perspectives that you've brought to this. Mark, did you want to add something? Yeah, I just want to add, uh, Lowell brought up an interesting perspective because you mentioned my wife there, and she was a police officer with Lethbridge Police for 17 years. And prior to that, she was a summer student with the RCMP in the Pagani Nation. Uh, Cole um, was also a part of building this, and he's part of the Métis Nation and then we have Brian Muha, who's one of our instructors as well, who was kind of reviewing and helping kind of guide it, who's um, also part of the Métis Nation. All of us have a policing background. Um, so, yeah, looking at those lenses, and I am, uh, even though small ones sounds First Nations, uh, it's actually an English name. Um, so, but I grew up all over Alberta, and... Um, my parents were always kind of somewhat active with First Nations community, no matter where we lived. Um, and then I graduated in Fort McLeod. And when I worked in Fort McLeod as a, in high school, I actually worked out at the Buffalo Jump in the cafeteria. So I got to learn a little bit, dabbling a bit into the First Nations, the Blackfoot there. Um, so really when I got into policing, my knowledge, even though I was involved, but very, very limited. Um, obviously when my wife and I married, being part of the Pagani Nation, I became more involved in trying to understand. Um, and then that kind of led us to, um, being really involved with, uh, Moses and Shelley Spear, chief good friends of ours. That's part of the people in here and helping them out and learning more about the culture as Moses being involved with the, uh, Horn Society so that they've helped to teach me along the way. In especially my final years of policing to help me to understand more. 
um, and then even attending the Sundance, and that's where I got my Blackfoot name, Ikinapina, was at the Sundance, uh, dancing with the bundle and all that stuff. So it's, um, so yeah, I, it was one of those progressions. Um, so yeah, there's, we kind of hit it at a, quite a few lenses here, um, balancing off ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really important to bring all those different perspectives. Um, Trudy, you sort of touched on it earlier, but was there a specific moment that spurred the decision to create these micro-credentials? Yeah, it was definitely when uh, the minute that former Chief Iron Shirt walked me through the Rolf inquiry and pointed out that we haven't done this and we need to do this so that we can help our help our agencies serve our nations better. And then there was no question in my mind that we could create something uh, impactful. And not only that, but it was our responsibility to do that. And it was long overdue and we needed to get it done. That's wonderful that that you two were able to connect on Mm -hmm. that and and make that happen. It was. And I, you know, like I said, I I learned a lot from him that day. uh, And I immediately went and looked the document up and reviewed it. And I lived, I come from central Alberta, so... I didn't move to Southern Alberta until I was well into university. So I didn't have that knowledge. I wasn't here for that time. I didn't know. And it was something I needed to learn. So I was I was very grateful that he pointed me in that direction. I'm curious about the process for how the courses were developed. Lowell, can you um, talk us through the process? Well, the number one thing, you know, we were we were developing this micro-credential for the blood tribe community to ensure the safety and protection of, of that community. And, and you know, like, I mean, we could have did it in isolation and, and came, just had everybody come to Lethbridge College. But I think it was important for us to, to be in the community because I think the spirit of the community needed to be felt and, and, and the importance of why we're developing these micro-credentials. So, you know, we set up a number of community engagement sessions for community professionals who, who we thought and, 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 and invited and for who we invited and thought were, were important pieces to our creation process for this credential and, and, and served as valid consultation representatives from entities responsible for for public safety in the community. And so, you know, we we, we utilized Red, Red Crow College as a as a central point for for people to to come and gather. And and it, you know, and it reaffirms the, the college's commitment to helping our partners in the community, you know, like Red Crow College. You know, we, we supported them. Um, we rented classroom space and and you know like I mean there that was one of the elements is 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 empowering Red Crow College too as well you know they're they just built this beautiful massive building and it's such a beautiful part to the community and and we want to ensure that 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 institution succeeds and 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 so you know we're we're, we're we're creating that that opportunity and 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 utilizing community experts who are experts in their field. So you know we we reached out to you know health services or the residential school program, um, as well as the um, peacemaking program. Um, I think it was very fortunate that we had Debbie Melting Tallow at the table because she was there since day one. And, and she provides quite a historical lens when it comes to the peacemaking program. And, and you know, one thing about the peacemaking program is, you know, just, I think, two weeks ago, they broke ground on, a, on, a, on their peacemaking facility in the community. And, and so what that's going to mean in terms of um, justice being served in the community with a Blackfoot lens that that's huge for um, being innov- innovators. And so, you know, I think those are the types of lenses that we, you know, need to utilize when we develop these types of 
credentials for for the community. But you know, this mapping out the course with with the course outcomes and and our, at the courses with with the outcomes of, for this micro credential was was very important. You know, um, we always have you know very experienced professional people at the table like yourself, Donna. You know, you were you were instrumental at the beginning because you you helped helped us set up the mapping of the system so that we can get to where we we needed to get, and then just bringing in all our our experts here from the community on campus to help us develop all the course material. You know, like Mark and um, Cole, Kate. I think Brian was on there. And Roberta, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody else, but you know it was it was it was quite <coughs> quite the the, the um, knowledgeable team when it comes to to policing in in, in, in indigenous communities because you know like there's a lot of indigenous involvement with the development of, of this micro credential when it came to policing experts, and and finally utilizing to like blood tribe police their internal experts. As well, you know, we, we, we engaged with them because, I mean, ultimately, they're they're the ones with the the boots on the ground, and they're the ones that know that know the um, challenges that the community faces when it comes to public safety, and so we wanted to utilize uh, their expertise and knowledge from from their community. Thanks, Lowell. You sure? That's a, a large number of people coming together. That's quite amazing and fascinating. Um, Trudy and Mark, did you want to add um, anything around the engagement sessions or the process? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I attended a few of the engagement sessions. And first of all, the number, sheer number of community members that we had around the table was amazing. And the conversations that people had. Now, there were some difficult conversations at those meetings, for sure. And I think, but those conversations had to be had and we needed to find, and I think Mark, when you were speaking about the direction the micro-credentials were going, that's when we really realized, okay, this is not about the law. This is about communication. It's about community. It's about culture. So many different things. And, you know, I can remember driving out to Standoff and it's beautiful. Standoff is beautiful. The mountains, and I was coming home one day and I chose to drive the back way so I could see Chief Mountain and just watching and thinking about what we were doing and the involvement of the community, it was really impactful to me. Um, hearing people speak about their experience is something that we don't do enough and we, we have to do it. And it is hard. The truths are hard. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that the TRC says over and over again is there is no genuine reconciliation without the truth. And actually, Inspector Najar mentioned that the other day when I said how difficult some of the things in the courses are. Uh, he just reminded me of that and, and very, very much the case. And for me, I think it was, um, like you said, there was difficult questions, but these subjects are difficult. Um, so when we were getting the information from the community and the blood tribe police, and it was difficult sometimes to get that information together because we're trying to, I think it's important that what we're capturing is accepted by the community and it's also has to be accepted by the police. So you're trying to find that ground that you're not shying away from the sensitive issues. We had a few discussions about some of the stuff in and making sure we're wording it right so that we're still getting it across without um, getting things because like again it's there's some sensitive so we had some really really great discussions Ian Heffer is also part of that um, Ian Heffer actually taught me when I was a student here so <laughs> it kind of makes us laugh full circle um, but yeah no it was tough discussions um, but a lot of it was stuff that we needed to have um, Brian was a great sounding board because he wasn't a part of a lot, some of that, but he was kind of that neutral mind that kind of helped us. So he was a really instrumental part in helping us on certain things. Um, so yeah, again, 
making sure we capture those sensitive issues, make sure we're getting it out there, making sure it was accepted by the community. And when you look at the uh, First Nations community um, or Indigenous communities, there can be a sense of um, distrust sometimes with the academic setting in the essence of lots of people come in, get what they need for their study, and then there's no... The First Nations and Indigenous communities, when you talk to them, they're getting tired of kind of lip service where people coming in and talking about things, doing their thing, but not ever really giving back. Where I think what we've accomplished in here was this whole micro-credentials was not about the Lethbridge College, it was actually about the community and the policing. So I believe we accomplished giving back this whole thing to the community to help educate officers or people working in the justice system about the struggles within Indigenous communities. I really like that you've touched on the the sensitive topics and, and being sensitive to the community and policing. And sounds like that's a very important aspect. Yeah, I think it was huge in it that, uh, like you say, we can't have it without... Uh, opening it up and talking about it. It's a fascinating project. How has the reception to the Indigenous policing micro-credentials been? Oh, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, so during the development, as, been, as has been mentioned, we work very closely with Blood Tribe Police Service, uh, the community and our elders too. So, uh, you know, we did have those difficult conversations and I think every one of us learned and we grew throughout that process. And the micro-credential has been very strongly supported by Blood Tribe Police and other agencies across the province as well. People are quite interested in taking it. And, you know, we are committed to making sure that they are kept up to date. We've put a team of instructors on it that will continuously be there so they will be able to keep the curriculum updated. They'll be able to facilitate and answer questions. And it's just, it's a commitment that we've made. And I think our agencies recognize that, that this is pieces that they might be beneficial for their serving members to to take. Did anyone want to add anything to that? Yeah, I was just going to say um, part of that development um, stuff, which we kind of touched on a bit, um, Ryan here was uh, helping and Denise with the, the video, so got to give him a bit of shout out, putting up with me at the last minute, trying to set up some videos for him. Um, and then me pressuring, hey, do you got that done yet? Um, <laughs> um, Since but, you mentioned the videos, do you want to talk a little bit about what, mention what you're talking about with the videos? Yeah, with the videos, it was just, uh, we kind of looked at it as, um, like Lowell said, we really wanted to be from the community and about the community. So when we were looking at it um, and getting that information, we wanted it to be unique to that community, not just pulling off information all over the place. And some of the subjects that you're, we're talking about in that you might not necessarily always find in books or things like that. Again, um, Lowell could talk to it a bit more, but a lot of the First Nation stuff is not written down. So really when you're trying to research and trying to come up with information, it's a lot more verbal. Um, and I think in, even with that, telling stories and talking about things is more of a First Nations way. So, yeah, having that community involvement, having local people that uh, could be involved was important to us. Um, and again, some of that was driven by, um, again, not necessarily the college, um, but also working with Blood Tribe Police in those community sessions that we had, we picked off some things there. And the community session also really did a good job in directing us to some reports that we didn't know about and really advanced our research um, in getting the right documents that the community respected. Um, you and I kind of were, Donna, you and I kind of involved in some of the research at the start. We're going down one direction and then we had the one community engagement and it was like, okay, we're documenting. And then we had to go back and look at some of the other stuff that uh, the community was giving us. So again, it wasn't about us. It was really about the community. I can't harp enough about that, 
that was the driving feature. So again, that led to the videos to give it that uniqueness, um, you know, involving members of the Blood Tribe Police, involving um, Moses and Shelley, Spirit Chief, um, Patrick uh, Blackbloom, who's the leader of the Horns. Um, then we had uh, Peter involved with it, uh, Lowell. We, we even put Lowell on the hot seat, made him a star. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they're not my, a lot of it is not my, like, when you start looking at the, again, I don't want to overstep, uh, but when you get to understand the Blackfoot culture and the way the Blackfoot culture and the Indigenous culture is, you need to know which story you can tell and which story you can't tell. Um, so I have some knowledge, we all have some knowledge, but it's not my story to tell. So it was really trying to get the people with the right story and make sure that they're telling it so that you have the right lens and the right information. Lowell, did you want to add anything? I know you had some involvement with the videos as well. Well, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for me was just the, I think, reciprocal exchange of information. You know, there there was this relationship that was forged. And, and when, when we came together, you know, we were sharing, you know, Lethbridge College, the Lethbridge College community that went into the Blood Tribe community. We were sharing our lens on, on, on policing with the community. And it's not to say that there's a def- deficiency in that community, but, you know, but the, the community was bringing their lens of the challenges they have within the community when it came to policing. And, and we were, it was kind of like a super nova of, of, of information coming together. And then each group left more educated on, on, on the topics. And, and I thought that was one of the, the biggest things and takeaways of, of the, the project was, you know, like there was this expanded community that was formed as a result of, of the development of this micro suite of micro credentials. Well, that's a pretty wonderful takeaway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime you, you, you have relationships and networking opportunities formed, you know, like, I mean, what, what is it going to pave the way for down the road? So talking about takeaways, um, and this goes out to all of you, what are you seeing as the biggest takeaways for learners? And then maybe also mention for yourself if you have a a particular takeaway that really resonated with you as well. Maybe Trudy will. Sure. Yeah, you know, and I think I've, you know, I mentioned this, the biggest learnings for me were A, the Rolf Inquiry, um, but also as I attended sessions and reviewed the courses that were built, I, I certainly learned many things throughout that that I didn't know. And in my conversation with Inspector Najjar, I said to him, I don't know if I want to know this stuff because this is really difficult. And and he, he reiterated that to me again. It's hard, but these are things that everybody has to understand. And I think for me, I hope our learners take that away. I think there's still a lack of understanding about generational trauma and the impact on our Indigenous communities and how why things happen and how they happen and what we need to work harder at. So I hope that that those are the big pieces that our learners take away. Mm, Those are really important. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lowell? Um, The biggest takeaways for, for probably learners, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to say the the cultural elements for this, this, this project, you know, there was, we had a lot of, I guess, credible cultural people at the table when it comes to to providing that that lens of of the indigenous community, the blood tribe community specifically. You know, like I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are going to take this course, they're you know they're coming in with a real lack of knowledge when it comes to cultural understanding. And so I, I think that's that's going to be one of the biggest elements of this micro credential. You know, we we, you know, the Blackfoot community. You know, you know, we we had our ways of doing things, and and we were we were organized, and 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 
you know, when, 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 you know, the biggest things, you know, it, it is, you know, when smallpox hit, that's what really decimated our, our communities because, you know, it was upwards, over 50% of the community was wiped out as a result of smallpox coming into our communities. And so, you know, the knowledge that gets taken out of the community when somebody dies is, you know, it's like a huge, mm. huge loss to the community. And so, you know, the fact that we were able to help with the, the preservation and, and, and I think it's just the opportunity for, for learning. I mean, as, as I, as I, you know, like I look at my example, you know, as I, as I get older, I take a greater respect for, for being able to learn and understand new things and new ways of thinking. And so, you know, with a lot of these police officers who are, and, and that's what I think is, is are, are going to be the target learning population for this micro-credential. These enrollees, students that are going to take these, this, this micro-credential, you know, they're, they're going to take away a real keen understanding of not only the blood tribe culture, but the Blackfoot culture. And so, and, and, and know that there was, that, you know, the Blackfoot people had, and Indigenous communities do have structure. And, you know, one time my, uh, my son, he was in a, um, um, he was at school and they had a big, big, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, they had a big gathering where all the students come together and in, in the gym and, you know, and then, and then the RCMP came in and, and they were, you know, talking, talking to the kids and, and, you know, the, the opening statements they said to, you know, a school that was 30% Indigenous students. Well, when the RCMP came here, there was no, nothing here. Mm. And that was the, the way that the officer opened his, his, uh, his gathering to those kids. And this is, you know, in a, in a, in a Alberta sanctioned school. And it was like, okay, well, what did you just put in the mind of all these indigenous children that, you know, their, their culture and, and their perspective isn't important. And, and, and these are individuals who are in a influential position for, for the community. And so, you know, those, those types of instances really are the most important parts to being a learner in this, this micro-credential. At least now, officers will go in and they'll be able to understand the perspective of, of the Indigenous community. And I think, I think that was, that's the biggest thing I, I see learners being able to take away. Wow, that's a perfect example of, of really illustrating the need and the reason for these courses. Mm -hmm. Going through the lens on stuff of what I wish I would have known uh, when I started policing in 1998, um, because a lot of it was trial and error, offending people. Again, as police officers, sometimes if you're uneducated, you don't know what you're doing. So you're accidentally offending people. You don't, like that example that Lowell just talked about, you're not educated, then you say things like that that can have long-lasting effects. Again, the officer's intention is not there. So it's as you get educated, you start to look at things through a different lens and start to present things through a different lens. And so I think that's where this whole course and where we look at things, um, and that was the biggest thing I took, like even coming into it, was um, looking at Things that I again, what I wish I would have known, um, and the focus of this course too. Again, from Inspector Najar, that was very interesting to get it started too, um, because again, when I reflect through my career, you know, as a young constable, um, through the different units I went through, whether it was patrols or walking the beat downtown to being on a tactical team and in charge of canine and stuff like that, and then going back to patrols as a supervisor, then 
running a surveillance unit, high-risk offender type of stuff, and then uh, being involved in some major crime stuff, and then going as a staff sergeant back to patrol. So I kind of had a bit of a wide range of experience. And through those, you get to see things in a different lens as well. So I think it was important, again, through this whole thing, is to look at the stuff that I wish I would have known and the struggles that we, we've we seen through the careers. Um and then even looking at uh, the courses, like there is some law built into the courses, but the law that we built in um, is looking at law for the main part of reflecting back as an officer, stuff that you might not deal with on a daily basis. So it's that law that you get taught about, then you don't talk about it for a few years, and you forget why you do things. So it's important law now to have that lawful placement and to understand. So we included some of those one-offs. But then, like I was saying there before, like when I was reflecting back on my career and going through all those units, each of those units and promotion, and as you go through 24 years, especially here for me, yeah, 24 years almost in policing, um, with the military, auxiliary RCMP, Fort McLeod EMS, I think I did 30 years in a uniform. Um, you're riding waves and those that have been in in the uniform my sister's still a sergeant with saskatoon please so i still talk to her about it um and yeah you definitely see the waves you ride you you'll have dr gil martin talks about it in his book uh, emotional survival for law enforcement how you'll be have a high and then you have a low and you you know you'll go through these cycles and so sometimes that first three years of policing, um, it's almost sometimes learning through a fire hose. Um, when I was an FTO or even as a sergeant on a patrol team, even as a star sergeant, I'd look at the young constables coming in. And you really, most police agencies, you get about three, four months in training in a classroom. With the RCMP, it could be up to six months, and you're with an FTO for about three or four months. So really, at the end of the day, you have about anywhere from a year to seven months of training and you're cut out on your own to make these decisions. And the decisions you make are now going to be judged by a judge that's been practicing law for 30 years, 25 years, by a lawyer that's received seven years of education. Um, and they have the luxury to research that decision because they have time on their side. As a police officer, you don't have any of that with far less training. So that's something the communities don't accept. So like I say, that first three years is almost learning through a fire hose. But also through that first three years, you're great, you're volunteering for calls, you're full of energy, this is fun. If your sergeant's usually telling you to get in and get your paperwork in, you need to get caught up on that. Um, but then you start to almost sometimes feel this revolving door with different things. And then you start to question why. Why is this? Why does this happen? And sometimes if you don't can't answer that why, it can lead to depression. It can lead to officers giving up, maybe finding another career, officers losing their empathy. Um, lots of times officers forgetting about why they even started the job. And that leads to other issues within the community and everything else with respect. So this micro-credential... I think targeting that three to five year, but it could be others, is a great time to introduce this and some of these topics to really get into the meat and potatoes as to why. Why do people maybe um, recant some of their statements? Why do, um, why is there such an increase in maybe elder abuse? Um, and why is it sometimes a struggle as an investigator to investigate elder abuse, um, domestic violence, um, human trafficking. And so it's a lot of it is more the why. So ultimately that's why as this course and the development played out um, in my dealings through a police officer and you look at uh, like even uh, other organizations that support the justice system, um, like I told Trudy near the end, I was like, this is actually a course 
that can help so many other agencies within the justice system because you don't need to know about the law. You don't need to understand what section now to apply. There'll be little bits and pieces, but we explain it fairly simple. Um, the majority of it is that in the way the micro-credentials are also done, you don't have to take all six. So if you're in a community or if you're in an organization um, where you just want to expand your knowledge on the culture, some of the issues, you um, you could take some of the you know the courses that are just focused more on the culture, the history, the reconciliation. Um, if you're in an organization where you're dealing with victims of sexual abuse or something like that, then you can also throw in maybe the sexual abuse micro-credential. So you, you're, you might have look at that to kind of give you a different... If you're dealing with uh, intimate partner violence and elder abuse, you could throw that in. So it gives a lot of different angles for um, communities within the justice system to take and uh, see things through a different lens. Thanks, Mark. It's really great that you touched on you know, that that process of how a police officer develops and how their le- learning progresses. And um, I think that's really an important point. Um, coming back to the six courses, you mentioned them. And Trudy, would you mind just um, mentioning the titles again of the six courses? And um, if anyone is listening is interested in taking the micro-credentials or what, what would be kind of the next steps for someone? Sure, for sure. So the courses are History, Cultural and Reconciliation, Trust, Respect and Communication, Human Trafficking, Intimate Partner Violence and the Abuse of Elderly Persons, Sexual Abuse and Missing Persons, Drugs and Addictions in Indigenous Communities. So if uh, people are interested in the micro-credentials, they can go to our Lethbridge College website. And if you just search for Indigenous Policing Micro-Credentials, the, the page will come up with all the information on it and the registration information as well. Um, the micro-credentials are, you can take them individually or you can take them as the whole suite. They're um, Originally, they've been, they've been priced at a fairly reasonable, you know, a reasonable rate So because we know that lots of people want to access them. So they're $75 per micro-credential or they're $400 for all six of the micro-credentials. Um, once you're into the courses, we've asked you to register for what's called the Indigenous Policing Hub. And that is a centralized course where all the learners will be in. So regardless of what course they're in, they'll all be in this hub and they'll be able to discuss amongst each other and with our facilitators um, certain topics. So they've been asked questions. And once they participate in the hub, they'll get a badge. And they've once they've completed the courses, uh, been in the hub, they will get a badge for each of the micro-credentials that they've completed. So I think there's a um, huge opportunity. They're not, they're, micro-credentials are bites of learning, right? So they're four to six hours each. They don't take a considerable amount of time, but they're incredibly impactful. And although they're meant for people who are policing in Indigenous communities, do you see, um, you know, people outside of that yeah, absolutely. Like Mark said, I, there's just so many opportunities, I think, for anybody involved in the justice system. And even thinking about our child and youth care workers, uh, our social workers, any anybody can take these courses to learn more. Yeah, because it's really about learning more about culture and communication. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And again, with it, it's the culture communication, but also the struggles, the mm-hmm. internal struggles. And I think that's a key. You can read books and different things about culture and that. But I don't think there's as much out there on some of the internal struggles um, that create uniqueness when you're investigating um, or helping people with the Indigenous. And so it's really good to understand, um, we'll jump in here, understanding that um, the internal struggles, the behind-the-scenes struggles, that unless you come from that community, you're not going to be aware of some of that stuff that might be affecting um, the person you're trying to help. Yeah, there's there's a lot of community dynamics that you got to be aware of, especially in Indigenous communities. I mean, you know, Mark brought it up, and 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 you know, politics is is <laughs> you know. In Indigenous community, you, you know, your your politicians are right there in the middle of the community, and and your their constituents have direct access to them and can drive up to their house, and so there's those types of dynamics. Um, you know, there's the the ceremonial dynamics within you know the traditional 
political structure of the, the the community out there. So you got to be aware of those, and and you know it's it's just dynamics and 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 trying to ensure that you're you're neutral. And uh, and I look at blood trap police. You know, I um went out to the Sundance and in blood tribe this past summer and you know they they had a teepee up in the in the camp in the Akukatsis. and and you know my brother he he's uh one of the one of the caretakers of that that teepee for because him and his wife are you know when, when when you get transferred something you get transferred as a partner and, and my brother's married to uh Hadija, the recruiting officer and so you know they they take care of that lodge and 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 they have a have a traditional presence within the 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 traditional camp of the the blood tribe and so you know the that just maintaining that relationship in the community and that presence just to ensure people know that they're they're, they're coming from a respectful place and and you know this is this is you know what what the micro credential is, is is trying to to build awareness on for for people who are who are visitors to this community and, and, and want to understand more and, 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 and it just gives them an extra opportunity to to learn and, and, and understand it because I mean it could save a life and lives. And so that's the that's the biggest thing we're we're out there, you know, trying to trying to do is just make lives better for for our indigenous communities. Wonderful, thank you, Lowell. I just sorry, I just want to touch base because we mentioned it a bit because it is a Blackfoot focus and because of the uh, Ralph Inquiry and all that stuff. Uh, but a lot of the subject material is transferable to the indigenous community in general. Um, because it wasn't just the Blackfoot people going through it. Um, it's the Crees, it's the Diné, um, and ongoing. It's constantly going through a lot of that stuff that it's, they have this, a lot of the same struggles when you start looking into it as well. So before I sort of wrap up and say thank you, is there anything else you'd like to add or anyone you want to thank? Or we'll put a thank you in the show notes, I think, for all the, the people involved. But if you particularly would like to mention anyone. So just, yeah, maybe just. Yeah, I think I really want to thank Blood Tribe Police Service. You know, they they have been on board from day one. I think we could not have done this without their help. Um, Inspector Najjar, importantly, was just so responsive and he was with us every step of the way in helping us gather community members helping us make the help the meetings go smoothly and really was committed to what we were doing that's a huge thanks a huge thanks to Lowell and Marnie who did so much for this project um you know it just you going back to the TRC and nothing for us without us Right. And that's why Lowell's and Marnie was so important in this project. Uh, and Mark and our faculty team, you know, they did an amazing, amazing job. Donna, you and Ian, so much work went into this and it was messy. I will say that it, I've said it many times. It was messy. It took us a long time to figure out where we were going and what we were doing. But it was really important that we got it right. And I think that we got it right. So. And also thanks to Government of Alberta, who were our funders for this project. You know, we did write a grant to, to receive the funding, and um, they did provide the funding to to create these micro-credentials. Um, there's so many people that from the community that were involved that we need to make sure that we thank as well, because it was a huge undertaking. Wonderful. Thank you. Mark or Lowell? Well, I mean, I'm... I'm just thankful for having the opportunity to be a part of it because, I mean, it gave me a knowledge set that I don't normally get to work with. And, and that's comes from that public safety realm, you know, like, I mean, I've, you know, been involved with community in, in developing, you know, laws and bylaws, but I've never actually seen, you know, 
the actual policing component of the law. <laughs> and so that was that was fun for me to to be able to to listen to, you know, the the knowledge base in the room and 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 get a perspective, you know, like because you know that's just another innovative approach for for Lethbridge College to build onto our, our our repertoire when it comes to reconciliation and advancing Indigenous communities and, and, and the perspectives that Indigenous people have. You know, the, the Blackfoot communities have a lot of rich, long-standing traditions when it comes to policing. Um, you know, you, we, we, and we want to celebrate those, those, those achievements. You know, they're, they're with, with all the, you know, the challenges that Indigenous communities have, there are a lot of bright spots in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to take the opportunity to focus on those bright spots and celebrate the individuals who are bringing those accolades back to the communities. And, and, and we want to help, help the communities establish those role models so that, you know, they're, they're, they're sharing their knowledge. So I think that those are the, the types of elements that we're, we're looking to capture with this micro-credential, but I'll leave it at that. Well well said, Lowell. Thank you very much. Mark, any final words? No, like, um, I guess I am because I am saying something. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, no, I'd like, like thank Trudy for even teaching me what a micro-credential was. Um, Lowell, for his involvement um, in the community itself, uh, to be able to educate myself again, I knew a little bit, but it, it was constantly advancing my own knowledge and my own education along the way. Um, and there was a lot of discussions Lowell and I had to kind of bridge the policing to the cultural aspect of things to try and make sure we're getting that message out and hitting the audience in the right way that we want and making sure it's all done right. So I think for me, it was just the whole team approach. Um, not being involved in something like this before, I was actually just amazed with the whole team and all the ideologies. And like I told uh, Trudy the one day, I said, uh, with some of the struggles and the work that goes into it, but I said, you know, looking back at my career and different accomplishments that we've done, you know, whether it's some kind of a major crimes file or some major file like that. Any good thing that I've been in part of has had struggles, has had, uh, and it's never done by an eye. Um, anybody, in my opinion, anybody that was involved in something, that was a very strong, very good thing, and they're using I words, they're forgetting about all the other people. Any good thing I've been involved with, it's actually a team it's a team working together, um, leaving their egos at the door and all working for one common goal. And that's where you get the best outcome. Um, and I think that's what I saw through here. So I basically have to say thanks to the whole team, um, which involves the community and everything else, because uh, we wouldn't be here. And I don't think it would have the same um, take on it. Thanks, Mark. And, and I would echo what you're saying as well. Um, I would say thank you as well to to Trudy and, and to the team for my involvement as well, because it really was an honour to be part of this project. And it's an amazing project and an amazing set of courses. So it's very exciting to uh, see them going out into the world. So thank you all very much for coming on the podcast today and sharing this information. It's uh, really fascinating to hear all the different perspectives and all of the amount of work um, that came together to create these six micro-credentials. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. I just wanted to add one thing. You know, I wanted to um, send a special shout-out to Ian Hepner. He was, Mm -hmm. um, when he took over, you know, we were were visiting after one of our meetings one day, and I I, um, was kind of asking him, you know, about his career in policing. You know, he was sharing with me. He was, you know, the chair of criminal justice at one point in his career. But then he also shared with me that he worked at the jail here in, co- at the, I was going to say at the college, at the, at the old LCC joke. <laughs> but um, we, uh, he, um, he was a, a guard or a parole officer mm-hmm. for, for 
um, offenders who went to go serve in Lethbridge Correction Center. And, and, and turns out my dad was a guard there at the time when he worked there. And then he, he asked me one day, do you, do you know a few guys? And, you know, one of them was Alan Part. And Alan Part's one of my relatives and who passed away a few years ago. Um, and then he asked me, well, do you know Joseph Yellowhorn? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. And he's like, oh, my God. You know, now I'm starting to work with the kids of guys I used to work with. <laughs> so, he, yeah, so I just thought I'd share that kind of mm-hmm. story about Ian and he was, his work with, you know, my family. So anyway, sorry, you're just wrapping up. <laughs> no, that's okay. And, and Ian was Mark's instructor, so there's lots of connections. That's wonderful. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Trudy Mason, Lowell Yellowhorn, and Mark Smallbones as guests. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more episodes, head to learninginnovation.ca. Thanks for listening and take care. Mm -hmm.